Saturday Morning Dads. My name's Sean. My name's Curtis. And today we're discussing the 1995 greatest film of all time, Theodore Rex, starring Whoopi Goldberg. What a delight. Curtis, tell me, why did you say this movie was a perfect 10? <clears throat> well, um, all time classic. It looked just from just based on the poster. Just based on, yeah. The based on based on a poster and um, Whoopi Goldberg's filmography up till then, uh, she was a huge, huge star. Huge. This was like post sister act peak Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, this is the mark of this is, this is a misstep in her career. But we'll get to that. There are reasons why she did this movie. It was beyond her control. This movie came out. Critics were like, "Oh, that Whoopi, she'll just be in anything." No, she tried really hard not to be in this. Was it some kind of um, was some kind of punishment for a crime that she did, or was, yeah, that she did against someone? Like, did she make someone angry? Oh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get okay. to it. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to it. All right. I just want to <clears throat> say for the first time, listeners, welcome, welcome to the podcast. We enjoy having you here. This is a terrible movie. Yes. Sometimes we do bad movies. Sometimes we do good movies. Also, this is. Um, not a kid's movie, like I thought it was going to be. This was not a, yeah, it was animatronic dinosaur. You would think that would be uh, something in a kid's wheelhouse, but um, no, a lot of murder. It was very much not a kid's movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so sometimes we do good movies, sometimes we do bad movies. Sometimes we do movies we don't know and we find out. That's, um, that's, that's common too. Very much this one. And sometimes we do new movies, sometimes we do old movies. We just do kids' movies and we talk about them. Sometimes we don't really do kids' movies. Sometimes we do movies that we think are kids' movies, but then end up not being kids' movies. Yeah, it just happened like twice now, huh? Yeah, that's happened a couple times. So if you want to talk to us about us talking about movies, if you want to critique us or chime in on the conversation, the best way to do so is to leave an iTunes review. Yes. If you are driving right now, go ahead and pull over. Just pull into that empty church parking lot, pull into a 7-Eleven, get yourself something to drink. Take a minute, leave a review. We are so thankful that you're going to do that. Thank you. Yeah, but if you're going to critique us, um, do it gently. Yeah, do it gently. Some people have given us one stars. And I got to say, if you came across this podcast early, there were some episodes with terrible audio quality. That was my fault. I'm sorry. We're not professional uh, radio personalities. No. As, I mean, that is the filter I used for the effect. I used called, a professional radio personality. That's what it's called? No, it's called broadcast. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we sound, I know we sound like professional radio personalities, but we're, you know, we're not. Okay. We're learning. We're learning. Yeah. Also, if you ever want to watch this or listen to this at your desktop computer or uh, just not on your phone, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. So we're on YouTube now. We got a new podcast. Oh. Uh, host our podcast is now also on youtube uh just audio and still image but we might adjust that down the line and for our friends using android phones if you're using the google podcast app it's going away later this year google's going to discontinue that app and uh you'll have to use youtube yeah or a some other cast app i don't care all right anyway i want to read the reviews we have already gotten oh okay great go for it we teased uh two episodes ago that we were going to do this and we put out a call that hey if you we're going to read all the reviews we have on itunes 
If you listen to the podcast on a different app, leave the review in iTunes. That's the way this works. And uh, nobody left any reviews. Hmm. We got no new reviews. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then we gave it an extra two weeks and still no new reviews. <laughs> so here are the reviews we have. Wait for it with bated breath is the title. Every release of this podcast hits my ears like manna from heaven. Wow. That sounds like uh, like some um, someone friendly. Someone maybe we know. Their username is overexcited about everything. Oh, okay. Um, I, I actually know who that person is. Oh, you do? <laughs> it, it was me. <laughs> I love that review. <laughs> Thank you for your review, Sean. That was our oh. first review. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> yes. The, ne- the next one is titled Absolutely a Must to Listen to. These guys are hilarious. They say everything every parent thinks while sitting through endless amounts of series and movies with our littles. I love it. Also, you? No, it was my mom. <laughs> That's Miss McDonald, is the username. That is my mother. Guys, this is, I mean, this is how you have to start, right? Yeah. You can't just w- wait on the kindness of strangers. You got to, you got to, you got to kickstart it yourself. Yeah. So here, here's one, uh, great dynamic between, well, hold on. Okay. Great dynamic between the hosts, hilarious takes. Honestly, half these movies I've never heard of, but the way the hosts speak about how terribly awesome they are makes me want to watch them. Really great up and coming podcast. Definitely worth a listen. Nice. Was that one you? No, that, that was our coworker and good personal friend Jessica. Oh, who we did not force to watch it. We did not force her to watch it. Uh, listen to it, I guess. You know, you don't watch podcasts, do you? You can't on you YouTube. Can't on like YouTube. You, <laughs> you can't as of like last week. I got all excited because I thought like our podcast numbers like jumped up. We had a whole bunch of downloads in one day, but it was just it was just YouTube. <laughs> it was just sucking them up. All right, uh, they are rising stars. I didn't give five stars because they are just my bosses. Because I had fun listening to it. <laughs> do you know who that one was? Yeah, I do. That was Ali. Ali. Thanks, Ali. Um, I'm sure you don't listen to it this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ali was this guy who worked here that was a bit of a character. That's a good one. He's a hilarious dude. And he would just blatantly be doing client work for his own side projects while he was supposed yeah, on the well, clock. I didn't know that until after he left. I caught him so many times. Mm. Um, anyway, I'm t- if you go look him up on LinkedIn. all right here's one from somebody i don't know it has a name sandra d dixon i don't know that name wow i don't know who this person is this is the first one that's like a real review from a stranger and it just warms my heart half a star half a star five stars whoa love this podcast exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark three of them i love this podcast because each episode, listening, awesome. I love it. Love it. That's positive great. feedback, distinct, succinct, to the point. That's what we're talking about here. Thank you very much. All right, and here's another. Here's our last review. Hilarious dad take one exclamation mark. Hey, good to know that there are others out there 
investing way too much hours watching and rewatching their kids' TV shows. <laughs> yes, you're not alone. That one was also my mom. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> she left a review on two different accounts. Okay. Well, uh, that's that's very sweet. She's very invested in uh, in the podcast. I appreciate so, it. So if you want to leave a review, we'll read it in a future episode. Sean's mom We're- can't bear the entire load of leaving reviews right now, we, she needs help she needs some help <laughs> right now she does make up about 30 percent of the reviews well um, but she's if, probably if, out of email addresses even if you don't want to leave a review great place if you want to put in a comment on there about a movie you've seen or an episode you uh want to chime in on great place to do it uh also if you don't want to leave a comment you're too shy you don't want to participate in the spoken word or the written word, please give us some stars. We got a bunch of five stars, and we got a bunch of one stars. We got a 4.1 average. I think we deserve better than a 4.1. Yeah, Especially I, I agree. for like the past like five episodes have all been bangers. They really have. They really, I mean, we're on a roll. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this one lives up to it. I got to admit, Sean, I didn't make it all the way through this movie. I, I made it to the end. I fell asleep for a good 15 minutes. I fell asleep half. about halfway through or about half an hour in last night. I fell asleep and uh, tried to watch the rest of it at lunch today and made it about another 15 minutes before I threw in the towel. So this movie, I think we can come to the consensus now, is by far, without a doubt, the worst movie we've ever watched for this podcast. The worst pod, the worst movie we've ever watched in our entire lives. Possibly yeah. the worst movie ever made. It's pretty. Is it worse than The Room? I've never seen The Room, so I can't speak to that. I didn't watch it all the way through, but I got the gist of it. This movie is worse than The Room. It's definitely the worst movie I've seen in a very long time. It's the worst movie we watched on this podcast, and this podcast has some of the worst movies I've ever seen. This this is hands down the possibly. The worst movie that was like complete, like where there's no excuse for it going bad. Yeah. There's no, oh, somebody died in the middle of it. We lost funding. There was a national tragedy. Oh, a pandemic hit. Like this movie, they had, they had no excuses. They had a big time movie star involved. One of the biggest, one of 17 people ever to EGOT. Yeah. One of 17. It's like her and Tracy Jordan. And yeah, <laughs> Billy Crystal, I think, hasn't he got? Does he? I think so. Congratulations, congratulations to Billy Crystal. Um, I would like to preface this pod by saying you and I are not movie experts. We've never worked in the movie industry, but we can both unequivocally say that this everyone involved in this movie did a bad job. Yeah, I'm everyone. not. Gonna, I'm not going to say that. People work. People work you know, hard. I, I will say this: there. The, um, maybe not the, the, the execution on the dinosaur costume puppets was meets expectations. It was slightly below dinosaurs, the television show level. It was above never ending story level. Which one? All of them. Uh, I'm not saying they were good. I'm just saying they were not 
Well, yeah, they I were, guess that they yeah. were noticeably better than that's like else. a ten year gap there. So yeah, um, yeah, it was. I mean, they were fine. They I, I had no problem with the, the dinosaur costumes. I will yeah, say that. that. That's the that's the thing. Whoever I, did those did a great job. That's the thing I was thinking about this morning. I was like, all running through a list in my head of all the terrible things in this movie I want to make fun of, and then I was like, actually, you know what? The dinosaur costumes. All right. <laughs> Out of all the things. That are wrong with this movie. That was the least wrong, yeah, for sure. They, yeah. Um, what, 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 what did you think was the worst part of this, about this movie? Uh, the story. The story and the writing was really bad. Yeah. All, every piece of dialogue was clunky. The dialogue, it sounded like it. nobody had read the script or there wasn't a script. <laughs> it sounded like people were just making stuff up on the spot. Have have you ever seen the movie The Last Starfighter? Oh yeah, I love that movie. Same writer. The guy who wrote The Last Starfighter, that was kind of like an indie movie. He broke out. And the guy the, who wrote it, the guy who wrote The Last Starfighter, he didn't direct it, but he wrote The Last Starfighter. I oh, read he about wrote, it. He wrote he wrote and directed this one. He wrote and directed this movie and then never worked again. Yeah. He only has four credits to his name on IMDb, pretty much. But he did start, apparently, I guess he partly owns the special effects studio Luma. Oh. And so he, like, he's doing all right. Do you know who directed The Last Starfighter? No. Nick Castle, who was the original shape in Halloween, Michael Myers. Oh, really? He was the guy in the suit, like. He was like a production designer. Like he wasn't an actor. He was just like just the, a man, the in guy suit. who they got to put. He the was suit just on. a tall guy. Yeah. Then he went on to direct a, uh, a movie that I really like. So. And then you were Michael Myers once for Halloween. For Halloween, yes. Halloween. Not not in uh, not in any of the films. No. But yeah, this guy um, who wrote I forget his name, but he wrote and directed this movie. He wrote start the first Starfighter. The last Starfighter. The last Starfighter. And then he and then Disney let him make like a straight to TV movie and that he wrote and directed. And then he did this. And he made like two episodes of TV, including some Freddy's Nightmare. Oh. Oh yeah, Freddy's Nightmare. Yeah. Uh I forgot about that show. But yeah, so this guy was basically a first time director on this movie. Yeah, he had a short, short directing career for so, sure. So let's get into a little bit of the drama of the movie before we start talking about the drama of the movie. All okay. Right? So 1992, Whoopi Goldberg, Hide for Powers. Would you like to read a list of every movie that came out in 1992? I will do so now. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> she was at the height of her powers in 1992, and apparently she verbally agreed to be in this movie. Verbally? Like she was like... Yeah, 19, 1992, Sister Act came out. Okay, okay, there you massive, go. Massive, massive hit. And Big she was hit. huge star. She had her own talk show. She was she could do whatever she wanted. And she verbally agreed to be in this movie. Kim Basinger had is, is relevant to the story. Okay. She had agreed to be in some movie that I forget the name of, verbally. But... She backed out of the movie, and the producers of that movie sued her for $7 million. 
and she fell, and then she filed for bankruptcy and never paid it. And but it's called the Basinger decision, and bec- that. So, had, but the producers won. They, they the producers won. won. Yeah, the producers won. She either had to be in the movie or pay seven million dollars in damages, because the producers were like, "We already secured this funding based on your name. We already hired producers based on your name. We got the cast. We got the rest of the cast. We got the crew. Everybody wants to be in this movie because it stars Kim Basinger. You have to give us seven million dollars, or be in the movie." And the, that 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 was the judgment from the court, right? Wow. So that happened in 1992, which is the same year that Whoopi Goldberg also verbally agreed to be in a movie called T-Rex, which was apparently significantly different from the movie that ended up coming out. Theodore Rex. So there, the actual um, details are all non-disclosure court filed away. You can't... Whoopi Goldberg's never allowed to talk about it. Oh. But something happened that made her want to get out of the movie. She claims she had never 100% officially stated she wanted the movie. She had only expressed interest. The producers said they had same thing. They already secured financing. They had already spent $30 million getting the cast and crew and all this stuff ready. And um, she had to be in the movie. And or pay them, they wanted thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars. Either be in the movie or give us thirty million dollars. And I'm guessing she knew the movie was going to suck butt because it does. And so she said that what they ended up settling out of court. And she said instead of getting five million dollars and a percentage, I want seven million dollars up front, no percentage, and I'll be in your stupid movie. So. Whoopi Goldberg does this movie, and then when it comes out, everybody is just like, Whoopi Goldberg made a terrible decision. She'll just do anything. She doesn't care about the art. She doesn't care about her career. When really she did. Yeah. It was it was either pay $30 million or be in the be in the movie. And it was literally a legally binding decision. Apparently the producers had recorded her saying they had recorded a conversation where she said she would be in the movie. Um, mm. So that's so, uh, yeah. that's that's rough. So that's rough. So Whoopi Goldberg, the entire time she is acting in this movie, she's acting under duress. She's acting under duress. Yeah. You're like, I, I mean, it's amazing that she did what she did in this movie that, under those circumstances. That being said, she really went for it. Like she didn't just phone. I mean, she kind of phoned it in, but not really. She, she was, was she, she was, was playing an against type character. She was by far the best part of the movie, I guess. Oh, she was the only part that was even stomachable. She was the only. I mean, there's some other like. I mean, Richard Roundtree's in the movie. Like, there's some other like real actors in the movie, but she's they like all sucked. Some of some of the people are not actors. Some of the worst voice acting I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Anyway, so the movie sucks, but Whoopi Goldberg didn't want to be in it. And that being said, knowing that backstory, she actually like kind of did an okay job. But also, it was terrible casting yeah, for she, her to be in that role anyway. Yeah. It, was not a, it was not a Whoopi Goldberg role. No, she's playing... She's a cyborg future cop. 
who, who's like straight laced, not straight laced, but like tightly wound. Yeah, she's mean, like not funny. Like it's aggressive. not aggressive. Yeah, doesn't let her be funny at all. There's no, yeah, like no jokes. Um, and she walks like the Terminator at parts. Some parts she walks normal, maybe even with a little bit of swag. Sometimes she walks like the Terminator, and I, but I yeah, love just inconsistency like, there. It's just like, yeah, it's totally against type for her. She, she's got like cool swagger, and like she's loose and funny. Like, yeah. She's a force of personality, and this, she's literally playing a robot. Yeah, she's a straight man. Yeah. A woman. Straight woman. The whole concept that they would have robot police officers that are loose cannons because she's like a loose cannon are they robots they're cyborgs yeah she just like they talk about her getting rebooted and they talk listen they talk about a lot of stuff in this movie are you sure your cpus could handle that that's a real line said in this movie yeah um her partner at the beginning was a real bad actor um the guy he was supposed to look like super cool and tough and he kind of had a beer gut yeah. Like, hey, hey, I'm pretty tough. I'm pretty hardcore. <laughs> and I got a big old belly. But but this guy, like, you can't pull off a leather jumpsuit with even the slightest bit of beer gut. No, if it was like tight wear, leather uh, jumpsuit. Not yeah. flattering on anybody, really, no. unless you are just swole jacked. Then still really didn't look great. Hey, speaking of swole jacked guys in leather. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen um, School of Rock? Yeah. You I know how at the beginning he gets kicked out of the band? Yeah. And they bring that, that hunky dude, and then at the end he's playing the guitar? Yeah, with the jacket that only has sleeves? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you must have seen the movie recently. Uh, no, I always try to do that uh, that dance that he does with the bass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is a district attorney in Texas. <laughs> That actor became a district attorney. That's so awesome. Yeah. Where, uh, where, where did you find out that little tidbit? Instagram. Oh, man, that's so good. Um, that guy's, Tyler County. That guy's very funny. And you know what? He's still pretty hunky. Well, yeah, you don't just become unhunky yeah. all of a sudden after you're in a major motion picture. Yeah. Um, that guy was funny. Uh, that one part and one character in that... And School of Rock was better than um, all of Theodore Rex. I mean. Yeah, I gotta say, I would give School of Rock a higher grade than Theodore Rex. So Theodore I, Rex I, got two point four stars out of ten. On, I cannot imagine that being true. Yeah, it did two point four. Um, it should be zero. Uh, here's some of the review uh, titles: An Abomination, Theodore Wrecked. Oh man, I wish I thought of that. Jurassic Dork. (laughs) (laughs) That's so accurate. It's so accurate. Um let's see. (laughs) Sorry, I can't read some of these on a family show. This is a family show, right? Yes, I think it's a family show the way Bob's burgers is a family show. This said uh Whoopi Goldberg is almost always worth watching. Almost. Almost. Um Minutes in front of the TV, years of therapy. <laughs> that sounds like you to reuse that. I bet they stole that somewhere else. Yeah. There's one okay but not great. Who wrote that? Somebody gave no, it five it's not out okay, of ten. Somebody gave it five out of ten. 
Let, do we want to recap the in- maybe comprehensible so, plot of this maybe, movie? I'm not going to try because I only watched half of it. I can I can try to do the first part of it. Um, <laughs> okay. How it switches in the, in the first three minutes of the movie, it's like you're watching three different movies. So it starts off with um, like an old school Flash Gordon narrator reading um, text that's on the screen. And the text on the screen looks like it's from like Robin Hood, like an old Robin Hood movie or something. Yeah, it's kind of got that Book of Celts first letter. and Yeah. Um, but anyway. And it, scroll, it's it like, scrolls. It does the Star Wars scroll, but not at the angle. But like, Yeah, and the casting, the casting director's direction was find somebody who sounds like James Earl Jones but is not James Earl Jones and has also a limited command of the ability to read yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I had watched that twice by the way to figure out in my mind what was ha- actually happening so halfway I there watched is it a once. yeah go ahead I watched it once and halfway through I was just like oh it's just gonna be one of those it's uh it's just gonna be one of those yeah it's um this movie's this movie's plot is so bad they thought if they explained the plot at the very beginning you would understand that is what's happening but it, that's not um accurate because i still didn't know what was happening so there's the voiceover it tells you that there's this it's in the future um there's a doctor bill like a billionaire doctor billionaire doctor who has um cloned extinct animals correct um but also is planning on uh attacking the world with a missile he's going to launch the world into an ice age a new ice age yeah ice age. i don't know how a missile would, would do that but um he made one um and then he's gonna have all of his animals that he's created on uh it says his arc spoiler alert for the very end of this movie he doesn't have an arc He's got a hallway with a bunch of stacked up washing machines, like 50 washing machines high. Mm-hmm. Or they're not washing machines, but they're just white cubes that have like a, a glass circle in them with a bunch of animals, two of every kind in the world. Do you know why uh, they didn't have an arc in this movie? It's because they spent $47 on the sets. <laughs> they spent all their budget. <laughs> yes. Um, so then you quickly, so after the Robin Hood scrolling celtic letters with a voiceover it cuts to a black and white horror movie intro where you're like it's like a a skipping frame rate it's like a low frame rate fuzzy and you're following this guy with long hair he's obviously a bad guy because it's like like they want it to look like young frankenstein but they did a bad job of it um and then you see him go and like he uh murders a dinosaur basically. now how does he murder the dinosaur i don't remember okay he opens a little case and has a slightly larger than normal butterfly like a butterfly that's like oh, 1.7 times the size of a normal butterfly and it's all black and white except for the butterfly the butterfly is in color and uh this effect is, is pulled off very poorly <laughs> um, and then the butterfly flies across a swamp and lands in the dinosaur's nose. That's a key detail. And it blows up. It's a butterfly that just blows up. Is it the moth from Silence of the Lambs? No, it's a butterfly. Okay. Um, so 
naturally, I thought this bad guy that they're showing is the bad guy that they're talking about in the intro voiceover that I just heard. Mm-hmm. It's not that's not the case. No, um, it's is... a different bad guy, and I didn't realize that until um, very very much later in the movie. But he's he's like a he's like a mid tier bad guy. Yeah, he's like there's. There are actually four tiers to this bad guy system. <laughs> like this part of the movie is actually pretty clear. The main doctor bad guy tells long hair guy yeah. what to do. Long hair guy tells tweaker with... Tweaker an, level one. Tweaker level one who's got the eyeball what to do. He can speak. Yeah, yeah, he can speak. And then and he's got like a, some kind of robot eye put in his face. And then he speaks to... What are just crackheads? Like, they are like nonverbal the, and just, nah, they're basically animals. Yeah, feral um, crackhead tweakers. Uh, what, are they, what are they they're, tweaking on? They're technology. Okay, they just love they, technology they, they so just, much. They're just tweaking on technology. They just like eat RAM and yeah. CPUs. 1996 was still kind of a time in movies where computers and technology was magical. And yeah. you could basically, they, it basically does anything. Now, this movie was written in 92, but came out in 95. Gotcha. 95. Okay. A lot happened between 92 and 95. Jurassic Park happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they weren't even like original with their idea of billionaire wants to clone dinosaurs. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, Sir Richard, uh, what's his name from? Attenborough. It was, yeah, well, yeah, Richard Attenborough, but I forget what it was. Dr. Hant, Dr. something. I, I can't remember know. his name in Jurassic Park. Um, Richard Hammond. Yes, Dr. Hammond. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Yeah, I read part of the book. I haven't finished it yet. I just bought it. I know there's a lot more to the book than... It's a it's a big fat book. It like starts in Puerto Rico. There's a lot going on, um, but yeah, there <laughs> it starts off in a hospital in Puerto Rico. We're much like uh, Home Alone three. It starts in a far <laughs> off land. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, oh, there's a Home Alone four. Oh, I know. I think there's a Home Alone five. Maybe oh, there's okay. a lot of Homes Alone on Disney Plus. Well, I, after this movie, we gotta stop picking movies willy nilly. Yeah, no, no more, no more movie poster based. How did you even find that one? I uh, and I, I was remember. watching it. My wa- my wife came in and was like, "Oh, Theodore Rex." I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What is your relationship to this movie?" Apparently, just, apparently, she watched it a lot when she was a kid. Oh, nice. Well, we'll. I'm sure a ton of people watched it because of Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And, you know, that was back when uh, Blockbuster was a thing. And this was straight to VHS. I mean, if I if if I had kids and there was a Whoopi Goldberg with a dinosaur on the cover, I'd be like, oh, all right, that sounds great. Little did you know, this movie is not for children. All right. So we've got the Robin Hood Celtic... Um, Scrolly text. Scrolly text intro. Long hair bad guy blows up. Long hair bad guy in a black and white horror film. And then it cuts to um, Theodore Rex who wakes up from a dream. Apparently he was dreaming this. Yes. We find out later it's not a dream. It's some sort of uh, psychic dinosaur connection. All dinosaurs can just like feel when each other are in danger. Now when we say dinosaurs, they're miniaturized versions. They're like anthropomorphized would be the term. They are human sized. They're, I mean, he's They're like dinosaur human hybrids. He's like a six foot five dinosaur. Yeah, T Rex. T Rex. He's a T Rex. 
and he's also a vegetarian. So, well, he wakes up, um, and he he's in an apartment. He's He's in in an efficiency apartment that is massive, a huge apartment. He's in a he's in a twelve hundred square foot efficiency, one Um, bedroom or nine bedroom, one room, but massive. And he and it's um, like a fifties diner. Yeah, he lives in Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's definitely what they were going for. Um, so he calls into the police. And he says, I'm coming in. So, you know, like he's, but he's not a detective. He's in their he's public in their, relations. He's in their PR department. He's a, <laughs> but he wants to be a detective. He wants to be a detective. Uh, so he gets dressed. He's muttering to himself the whole time. The entire time. And it's all, you can tell it's all ad-libbed and it's not funny and it's not relevant at all and it makes no sense. And they show him taking a shower. Then also inside the shower, they just show a shower, like a a clawfoot tub with the drapes closed and his tail sticking out and gallons of water falling on the floor for like a whole... And before he gets in the shower, he puts his rubber duckies, like three or four rubber duckies in the shower you don't take a shower with rubber duckies. That's some continuity error right there. I hate it. So, yeah. So, he's got this. And he's just stomping on top of duckies in the shower. And they show him taking this shower for at least three times as long as I've been talking about it. They, and, yeah. So, it's shifted to this slapsticky, trying to be funny, but not funny. And, and this is why, okay, so this is for kids. This is, yeah. This part was for, it's like they were trying to make the four different movies and they had like four different people who had different ideas no they just had the starfighter guy um yeah he wrote and directed it it should be yeah, <laughs> the continuity should continuity should be like he pretty had solid total, he had total <laughs> auteur level control over this film um i wonder if whoopi came in and like threw her weight around her she I just think like she did the bare minimum she probably just came in and did the bare minimum she stayed in her trailer um so you know, I don't know if that's the kind of actor she is at all, but um, so he goes. Uh, he didn't go to the, like the police office or anything. There's no police station. He goes. He goes straight to the scene of the crime. Straight to straight to the murder scene. Yes, and then I think before he gets to the murder scene, we see what Whoopi's up to. Yeah, we cut to the cheapest looking set I've ever seen. It looks like. The back lot at Universal Studios where they do the stunt show, it looks like they wish they were there. Yeah, they're behind uh, that. Honestly, I participated in the construction of sets during high school and college. The Richland Community Theater Department, so much better than this movie. Yeah, it was, it was basically like... Um, yeah, you like they did the it lines. on like a, an elementary school cafeteria it's stage. It's clearly filmed inside... And they're trying to do a whole cityscape. And it's just obviously painted on cardboard. It's got and stuck big up. Schumacher Batman vibes. Yeah, they wanted but this like, to be a they wanted this to be a big like they wanted like a, it was trying to be Demolition Man. Yeah. In parts. And it was trying to be Pee Wee's Playhouse and other parts. In some parts it was trying to be that depressing Harrison Ford movie. What's that one? Blade Runner? Yeah, some parts. Um Yeah. It was trying to be that, and it was not. So they're on the rooftops, and then um, they're trying to stop someone from stealing a truck. I don't know. It, I 
I don't know what they were trying to do, but um, so these tweakers they scrap cars for parts to get their technology drug money, and they will scrap cars for parts while they're still moving. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. I didn't so know what they were trying to do, but they were they were like hijack. They were on skateboards. They were on motorized skateboards. That part was pretty cool. They had little like gasoline motors on the back of these yeah. Mad Max skateboards. And everyone in the city, uh, the city is called the Grid. Uh, everyone that, that was one cool detail. Everyone dri- just drives vans. That's true. That's true. There were only vans in the studio. Only yellow, yellow vans. Yeah. uh, Or scooters. Yeah. Um, I think they probably only drove the same two yellow vans um, and they just swapped them out. Um, But so, yeah, the cops are Whoopi and her her partner. What's Whoopi's name? Her name is Katie. Katie. Oh, she had a, she had a, like a hardcore. Mean guy, last name. Um, you recount the ter- harrowing tale while uh, so they're on the roof of this building waiting for this van to come by. Coltrane, Coltrane, yeah. And uh, they're like, We're gonna, and the guy's like giving her a hard time. They're both cyborgs. I don't know if they're cyborgs or fully robots, I think they're actually fully robots, is the impression I got. None of none of their costuming indicates that they're any part of robots. They, they just touch the touch their ear and talk to a computer. The computer is not visible. And it's, it's like, like it's like Ziggy on Quantum Leap. And it's like if <laughs> I don't know that reference. <laughs> but the thing I was thinking is like if you're a cyborg and you can like talk to a computer to get all the information in the world, like the internet, but I guess this movie predates the internet by a bit. No. Ninety two internet, internet was around in ninety five. But yeah, but well, this movie was conceptualized in ninety two. They could throw in some bits about the internet. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, why would the cyborg have to talk out loud and then have its robot brain talk back to it? Why wouldn't it just all be internal? Um, because you, the cameras need to hear that. Like the sound yeah. guy needs something to do, right? It's exposition, but it's also stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, her partner's giving a hard time. Like, oh, are you sure you're ready to be back out here since they last wiped you? Yeah, because like, they let them. They let these people go, right? I like they know. got away. Eventually, yeah. But but she's like, uh, she like shoots a grappling hook into a building. That's just wanton destruction of. of yeah, pro- they definitely cause property. they cause more damage than oh, they've yeah. saved. And 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 uh, he's like, are you sure your CPUs can handle this? Uh, and that line I'm going to use for the rest of my mm, life. That's great. That's great. In um, a meeting, in meetings, just like. Yeah. Are you sure your CPUs can handle this? Next time I'm like trying to do a return at Best Buy. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like oh, hold on. Let me look up when you bought this toaster. You sure your CPUs <laughs> can handle it? Anyway, I, I, I dabble in a lot of toaster trading. Yeah, I got some futures and options in toasters. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Uh, now we're but anyway. Uh, so now that now my favorite part, the, it's a box truck, right? It's like a twenty-six yeah. foot long box truck. She like descends through this grappling hook um, or like zip line mechanism. She has shot across the city street and falls through the glass ceiling of a box truck. You know box trucks. <laughs> yes. You know how they all have glass yeah, ceilings. They, of course. Shatterable glass ceilings. That's what a good glass, you know. Yeah, I mean, seems very safe. Like yeah, that 
a human could just like shatter it. Uh, a big action ensues. <clears throat> terrible action sequences. Terrible, terrible action sequence. Um, her partner is on like the front of the truck fighting the driver. She's in the back of the truck fighting the tweakers. They get in a big fight. They're going through the city streets. They're kind of in a warehouse district. And they're just trying to save this box truck, right? <laughs> <laughs> just risking life and limb, destroying public property and private property alike to save a box truck. Also destroying the box truck. Yeah. I think there was a body in the truck. Oh, I didn't pick that up. There, uh, the, Like the tweakers were trying. I think there was a body in the truck, like a corpse that the that we later find out was a clone and the tweakers oh, are trying to get the clone. That's where that body came from. Yeah. Okay. The tweakers were trying to, they were on a mission to get the clone. Um, and then the truck uh, wipes out. Well, Whoopi's like on a metal table, like a lab a, table that's like upside down. Table like flipped over. Surfing in the street. And then the truck crashes. Huge explosion. Ginormous explosion. Is it the best vehicle that explodes in this movie? No. There's another one at the very end. Um, and uh, then so Whoopi Goldberg's all like, oh, no, the tweakers got away. At least we got the body. And her partner's like, I won't be in this movie again. Yeah, that was the last <laughs> we saw of her partner. He, he's, in, he's in the movie for one like one frame a little bit. Um, and then, uh, then we go back to Theodore Rex investigating a dead yeah. body. And he's at the scene of the crime. Um, it's the first dinocide ever. That's what it seems like, yeah. The first time that a dinosaur has ever been murdered um, by a butterfly. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Come, my lady. So Come, my lady. Theodore Rex talks to this police lady for a minute and then she's just like okay bye <laughs> uh, i will also never be in this movie yes, again never see her again um i forget what they talk about i don't even know um the the gist of the scene is he can't help or do anything because he's not a detective he's not a real detective he wants to be a detective and he wants to be put on this case yeah because it's because he has a connection to other dinosaurs this is some, this is some good classic script writing you gotta establish your heroes want you know yeah, well he wants to be a detective he wants to be a detective. Um, there's also uh, way too many, um, way too many jokes and way too much time spent on the dinosaurs' tails hitting stuff. Oh, oh yes, his tails knocking stuff over constantly. There's it's not just his; it's like every dino, every dinosaur, and every dinosaur walks upright. And is the same size. Yes. Um, and just every, yeah, the party, like everybody's hitting Whoopi with their tails. And um, there's one, that creepy perv. This is the nightclub. We got to get to the the Natural History Museum. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so Theodore Wait, Rex, the the, the, it's the party first, right? Yeah, the party. So the Theodore rich Rex, party. he uh, goes to a party that it turns out that the real bad guy, I didn't know uh, this guy Kane. Yeah, he's kind of a Bond villain. He's a Bond villain. He's throwing a huge party at his giant mansion, um, and the commissioner, the police commissioner, is there, mm-hmm. Richard Roundtree, and Theodore Rex um, just blows past security. He's just like, well, they're like, you can't come. They're in. Like, you can't come in. He's like, and he's like, but I'm a cop, and they're like, well, you still can't come in. 
And he's like, oh, there's the commissioner. I'm just going to go talk to him anyway. Yeah. I mean. And then his tail hits the guy. Yes. Yeah. His tail is hitting everything this whole scene. Whenever but we're not describing his tail hitting something, it his is. tail is like knocking over a lady's drink. Um, oh, and, and then he he and, knocks, uh, he hits a lady's bottom with his tail. Yeah, and she pours a drink on the guy standing behind classic. her. Classic. So classic. Um, but scenes like that, you're like, why like why did you like why bother spending time to uh, to film that? <laughs> like a bouncer trying to stop him, and then he's like, I'm gonna go in anyway, and then just goes in. <laughs> <laughs> to show how determined he was, he won't let anything. I guess, his way. but he's he's just like he's also kind of a dummy. Like he's just like muttering to himself all the time. He's, like he's can't like a, really talk very he's well. He's a schmuck. He's a schmuck. Kind of. I mean, he's but he's like ha- he's like he's halfway. Like he's he's kind of just a he's not that dim, but he's not smart. He's, he's just unlikable. Like, not likable at all. Um, terrible character. Very terrible character. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he goes in and finds the commission, the police commissioner. He's like, "I got to be on this case." And the commissioner's like, "Well, I'm at a party. Like, what are you like? Why are you here? How'd you get past the bouncer?" <laughs> and then some other bad guy, who we have already discussed the four main bad guys. Yeah, I don't know. I never got. I didn't get far enough to understand who this bad guy is. Okay, he just does He's, some stuff and then dies. Is he like the police commissioner's personal assistant or something? No, like he, buddy? he's like the business manager for uh, the Bond villain. Uh, oh, okay, he's in that camp. Yeah, I thought he was with the police. Because no. he was just casually standing by the police commissioner as they were discussing he, police business. He's like the, um, yeah, he he talks to the, when, when the big Bond villain doesn't want to talk to the police, this guy does it for him. He's the, he's the chief operating officer. That's so, what it is. So this guy basically um, convinces the commissioner to let T Rex investigate this, mur- to have a uh, let him have a murder investigation be his entry point into the police force. Yes. Um, so he's not going to be a cop. He's going to be a, a homicide detective right away. Right away. He's um, gonna go and he's going to also he convinces the commissioner to pair him with um, Sally. Uh, Katie, Katie Coltrane. Coltrane, who is a loose cannon, the loose cannon cyborg, cyborg who is out of uh, Would you, out could, of favor with the commissioner, apparently. Yes, and she's a loose cannon. Uh, so yeah, and then so that happens. Then they leave. They go outside, and they're like, "Oh, this is your partner," and her, not Katie Coltrane, Whoopi Goldberg. But her partner from earlier with the beer gut steps up and he's like holding a shotgun and chewing tobacco and the camera's all down low, shoot him at a high angle and making him look Was that awesome. Him? Yeah. Oh, okay. And there's like slow I didn't I didn't catch that. And they're like playing Crazy Train by Ozzy or something. I don't know. They didn't pay for that. They're just trying to make him look cool. <laughs> this movie wasn't cheap. This movie was forty five million dollars. I don't know where it went. They spent $45 million on this movie. Well, didn't you say that they had to, they had to pay the, Whoopi $30 million? They had to pay her seven. She, oh, only she seven. had to pay 30 or be in the movie. This is wow. the most expensive, to this date, this is the most expensive straight-to-video. Probably wow. not the most expensive straight-to-streaming. So they spent $45 million on it and decided it was so bad that they weren't going to pay to have it distributed. Yes. 
I mean, it is bad. Nobody like there was no nobody watching over this movie from the whatever. Uh, nobody. Whatever studio produced it. New Line Cinema, which around the same oh. time produced another movie with people in suits called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that movie was actually pretty good. That um, saved that, save, that saved them. That so, saved New Line Cinema. So that was a huge and success. And then later down the line. A little movie called Lord of the Rings saved them again. Yep. Anyway, go, same, go listen to that. We have same studio that released Lord of the Rings trilogy released Theodore Rex. <laughs> but New Line is the house that Freddy built. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, so let's watch. Let's do Lord of the Rings. No, no. That has been done by better podcasters than us. Okay. Yeah, specifically <laughs> what went wrong. I love that podcast. Um, I'm ready for them to come back. So uh, homework for our listeners. One, go back, listen to our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. It's a good movie. It was a fun episode. And also listen to What Went Wrong. Every episode's great, but they recently did but they, Rings. They actually know about movies. Yes, they work on how movies. And how they're made. They don't just... They have uh, like degrees. They don't just um, watch them late at night. And they read, <laughs> and they read books and articles. Yeah, and yeah. Do they, research. They have studied movies. They compile knowledge. We form loose opinions about movies that we've seen I the night a, before. I read, <laughs> <laughs> I read a Variety article from 1992 about this movie, and I already said everything I learned. Um, anyway, so... Short article. So, yeah, they go outside. He meets Coltrane, and he's like, oh, no, this, and she's like, oh, no, that. Yeah, uh, and buddy the cops, guess what? They don't like each other at the beginning. They get in the van, and they go to... He's got He's got a special van... It's got like this extra little door flap so his tail can tuck into the side of the van. Yeah. Um, and then she like gets in and the, the is this a van belt. or is it a box truck? Everybody I feel like everybody drives box trucks. Yeah, it's like a box truck. It's like a big so it's van. a little U Haul. Um like well they also like later a drive a garbage truck. Like a delivery. Did you get did you get to the garbage truck? No, I didn't make it that far. Okay. <laughs> later they get a garbage truck. This is the only podcast probably that you will <laughs> Hear people talking about a movie that they did not finish. <laughs> There's a certain point in this podcast where I I will just have to stop talking. <laughs> Me too. I fell asleep for a chunk of it. Um, I actually fell asleep and then woke up feeling refreshed and couldn't go back to bed. Um, so yeah, so they they go to solve the mystery. They're like, "Where do you go? We need to do an autopsy. Where do we go for a dinosaur autopsy? We go to the Natural History Museum." Just on a hunch, they suspect that autopsies happen at natural history museums, and they go for dinosaurs. And they go, and the key point of this scene, well, one, there's like some random lady who just like doesn't see him come in or talk. But she was like the one doing the autopsy. Totally uninterested in doing the autopsy or talking to the people or being on camera. <laughs> she was just scrolling through Instagram. Um, and then, the, then they're like, and she's like, oh, I haven't done anything yet. I don't know. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, there's a half a butterfly in his nose. Um, How did he get it out? I was unclear on tweezers. what happened he in just that. Pull, he just grabs some tweezers and pulls a but, half a butterfly But he was like hacking and stuff. Like, what was that all about? He was like, oh, uh, he takes the tail. They didn't know who the dinosaur was. They they didn't know who the dinosaur oh, was. Oh, yeah, they do an avatar tail mashing. <laughs> he takes the tail, and they have a giant 
tail print scanner. It's like a thumbprint. Why dinosaurs have thumb tail prints and not thumbprints? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they have hands and thumbs. And also, the dinosaur was naked. Yeah. So just it's part of why it was PG. Yeah. Not G. Um, also, a lot of people get murdered and killed. Oh, we skipped. It doesn't matter. Let's keep let's keep going. Okay, I just want to point out one thing. <laughs> okay. It is. Have you ever heard of this expression "save the cat" with regards to screenwriting? Mm-hmm. So they have the laziest "save the cat" moment in this, where Whoopi Goldberg just randomly bends over and picks up a stray cat, and then gives it to a little kid and is like, "Hey, feed this." Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah, and the kid has never acted in his life and brought and seemed like maybe he didn't even know he was in a movie. <laughs> yeah, and then the kid's like, "Hey, you want to meet my dad?" Yeah, I want you to. I want to hook you up with my dad. You come here all the time, and I keep trying to get you to meet my dad. And then he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be at the park tomorrow doing some skateboard tricks or it's something." My birthday. Why don't you come by? And then he asks her like six times to come by. Yeah, he begs her, and she's like, "I don't know. I'll uh, try." That was like, um large part of the movie <laughs> no it was well, we like, set up that little kid. we got, we got like, set up that little we kid. got like 15 seconds of him asking and her like him hawing if she's gonna be there or not and then him asking and begging and then he's like please and she's like i'll try and he's like no but please and she's like i'll try real hard all right well you gotta be there you gotta be there my dad won't be there he even says that <laughs> my dad won't be there and then she still doesn't say yes. She's like, nah. I'll try. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. try hard. I'll try. It mean, means I'm not going to be there, kid. Let me get back. And then she gets into a box truck. <laughs> yes. She her, her police car is a box get truck. into a box truck. Her, her police car is a, is a In box truck. In the future, Everyone they tried. found the most valuable form of transportation are those new all-electric yeah. Amazon trucks. Just everyone drives a FedEx van. <laughs> yes. That's basically, yeah. Um, and then uh, it's kind of like the the cool cars in Blade Runner, except for the exact opposite in every way. Um, and then they and then she, then she meets Theodore anyway. They go get the butterfly and they do the teleprint. And he's like, "Oh, I know this guy." And she's like, "Oh, you guys all know each other." And then this is where the first I was like, "Oh, are they going to do a thing like?" The dinosaurs are an allegory for immigrants or people of color in the 40s because it's trying to be a film noir like the 40s. Kind That's what of. they're trying to do. At, they like, abandon it quickly, but they're about to do it for a minute. Yeah, they try to. It's like it goes in and out of trying to be a film noir detective story. So this is the most film noir detective it is. They're like, okay, so his wife is a singer. The guy who got murdered. The dinosaur who got murdered. The dinosaur got murdered. His wife is a singer at the dinosaur club. Yeah, a lounge singer. A lounge singer. I like the Coca Cabana style. Which I, I wish we lived in that era. I would go to cool nightclubs like that. I want to see Desi. Yeah, you got to be somebody to get in there, though. Well, they just don't have those anymore. No, they don't. I wish they did. I'd go. Coca Cabana doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, so then they go there, and it's mostly dinosaurs. There's a few people hanging out, but this is like, in oh, and they established this is like the dinosaur part of town. It's like the dinosaur district. Yeah, how many dinosaurs are there? How many? How many dinosaurs did Doctor Kane create, or I don't know how well, he did that. He knows them all personally. He recognized Teddy. Yeah, from his DNAs. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, did but, he create all these dinosaurs or did they reproduce? Is this like third generation? I think this is the first generation. Okay, so he just made a bunch of dinosaurs. Yeah, like a couple hundred. Like a, like a and they also previously full they also established that he's like brought back to life whales and um yeah, other and ex- elephants. Uh, other extinct and, uh, species. And he had just announced the next one he was gonna do is raccoons. Hmm. Baby. Raccoons are never going extinct. No, those things are... They're outliving every other mammal. I want a pet raccoon so bad. Um, Guess what I'd name it. What? Guess. If I had a pet raccoon... Rocky. Rocky raccoon? I was going to go with Bandit, because they look like they're wearing little masks. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so they they go to the club, and they get a table, and there's a super pervy like triceratops who's like really likes what do they call them soft skins yeah so the dinosaur slaying for humans is soft skins one she's not a human she is an android but he's into it yeah he just makes weird noises and like flutters his uh eyebrows because he's a puppet and that's what puppets do but the noises were very grunt very grunty yeah. Gargly sounds. Very pervy sounds. Very wet pervy sounds. And then she's like, oh, I just can't be I just can't be in his line of sight anymore. I'm getting out of here. She gets hit by a bunch of dinosaur tails. Yes. And then there is a sexually attractive T Rex woman. She's not though. She's just a she just looks like a T Rex with some lipstick on and a dress. Oh, really? I didn't think you'd disagree with me on this point. Really? No, no. <laughs> it was the dumbest. It was I was uh, over, uh, it the was worst. So stupid. The worst musical number uh, I've ever heard in a, in a movie. I don't know if anybody wrote that song or if that just actress kind of just it. made it up on the spot and just like. Well, considering it was all voiceover, she would have made it up after the spot. And I also wonder if they filmed it all and then did. The voiceover to match. It's not and like that's the why the rhythm of the movements would have ever matched. That's why they had. That's why the because. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see how they would. It just kind of seems like someone was talking as they were watching the dinosaurs move their mouths and like just trying to match what they're saying instead of the other way around. We've been spoiled by Henson, man. We've watched a lot of Henson movies. Henson does puppetry right. She's the only one who ever has. Theodore Rex was... It was a Theodore wreck. It was a Theodore wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Theodore goes backstage and um, goes... He's totally in love with this uh, dinosaur chick, by the he's, way. Oh, yeah. He's head over heels smitten, um, infatuated, desperate, her clingy. Is, her name is Molly Rex. Molly so Rex. I don't think she's... Um, related to Theodore Rex. They're just both T-Rexes. Mm, that's how last names work in the dinosaur world. And then they go, he goes backstage and he's like, I'm a cop. And they're like, oh, you can immediately go into this dressing room. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg comes with him. And then he's like, hey, your husband's dead. And she's like, oh, no, I'm so sad. Guess what? He's not my husband. He's my roommate. We can be in love too. And then uh, she falls in love with him. 
almost immediately, and he also has no personality or charisma. He has no riz. It makes no sense that anybody would ever find him attractive, let alone the sexy T-Rex who is maybe the star he was of a, Maybe he was a really, really good-looking dinosaur to other dinosaurs. Oh, maybe. I guess it's hard to tell. Um, he looks like he was made entirely out of goiters. Yeah, but maybe uh, girl dinosaurs find that hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, then they're like, oh, I'm going to walk. Or then, then it's time to leave. I don't know what they've established by talking to this woman, what information they got. There's a lot of like going to a location, setting up a scene, and then they talk to the person that they've gone there and waited for for five seconds. And then they are like, okay, goodbye. That's what film noir is, right? Yeah, but they get there fast. And they take it slow. And they talk fast. And then they're gone. But in this movie, they get there and they they wait in this club for like fifteen minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they do. There's a lot of stuff lot that of happens club. in the club. They get a tour of the club by the by the club owner. Um, they get drinks. They get hit on by Whoopi dinosaurs. Goldberg wanders off and also comes back. She wanders off and does nothing. No, just a, a different weird dinosaur hits on her at the bar. Oh, yeah, the guy with the big teeth. And then she's laughing hysterically at him. She's like, uh, oh, you think you'll ever get anybody? It's like, that's just mean. It was weird. Um, yeah. And then they talk to this lady. They basically like, your husband's dead. Oh, he's not my husband. Okay, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's exactly how it went. Uh, and then they're outside, and Theodore's like, hey, she wants me to walk her home. And she, he's like, she's like, oh, no, you, what does she say? You got the glands, your glandoid, your glandoid, like something your like that, yeah. Hormoroid or whatever. She's got some made up word for your. For he's your got glands. the hots. He's got the hots. But he's she's calling it glanded. You're glanded. glanded yeah, you're glanding. Yeah, because uh, I guess dinosaurs have glands. Um, we don't know anything about dinosaurs except and, that they had bones, and they were way better in Jurassic Park, and they were bigger. Yeah. Than um, than the. I gotta say that this Dr. Kane did a real bad job of recreating the dinosaurs. <laughs> Dr. Hammond did way better. <laughs> Dr. Hammond. Dr. Hammond at least like learns the lesson and has remorse. Um, no, he does it again in two. <laughs> no, not in two. Two, they're dealing with a dinosaur that he didn't make, right? No, that's three. That's, uh, that's... Two, they have the other, that's the other island where... They like breed the dinosaurs, but he's if like you're a dinosaur. That's the island you want to be on. But he's like uh, keeping it secret and like well, I can't remember actually. Just which Jeff one's the one where Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's in the back of a truck and they're driving through L.A. and the dinosaurs chasing him? That's two. That's two. That's that's yeah. Two. Uh, the T Rex comes to L.A. Maybe we'll watch those movies one day. But they are PG thirteen. The this Lost is, World. We, we do kids movies here. We'll do it in um, eight years. Chris, I don't think you know what time it is. <laughs> we got to hurry up. Oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not the one who's taking a long time, am I? <laughs> I think we, we both are. I'm trying to... Okay. I guess I was talking about uh, uh, The Lost World. So. Um, I was just saying that uh, so Dr. Dr. Kane was terrible at recreating dinosaurs. He didn't Dr. Know what, Kane he was terrible at recreating dinosaurs. Didn't know what dinosaur... So he they go to the Natural History Museum, and there's... Bones of like giant dinosaurs. So he knew. He knew what the goal was. 
So he's like, I gotta like make these dinosaurs smaller, or they're Is gonna he... kill us. Okay, when he makes the raccoons, because they he they say that his next project is going to be bringing back raccoons. They're going to be like the size of mice. Or what if what if he just makes them talk and anthropomorphized? sized and what if they're like rocket raccoons? Oh, is it a crossover with Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, what origin he's, origin he's story. He's the one who made Rocket Raccoon. Whoa! Yeah. Now, yeah, this movie just became. Canon uh, in MC, MCU. MCU canon required watching. You can't watch Loki season two until you see this. Man, I've stopped. I have stopped with the MCU. I've had it. It's too much. Too much. I can't keep up. And if you try to watch something and you haven't seen everything that came before it, you you really don't know what's happening. I think I'm still gonna watch Echo, just for the fight choreography and. Sp- is it more along the lines of like Luke Cage and those shows? I think so. It's the first TVMA one since Disney took over. Oh, nice. And I saw a thing on YouTube about the fight choreography. Apparently the fight choreography is very amazing and it's more John Wick-esque. Oh, yeah, and I may watch Vincent that. D'Onofrio. Oh, I, I do like him. And, and Daredevil's and in it? Daredevil's in it, but I think he's only in one episode. That's my assumption. Um, anyway. This so movie. let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Um, they... They split up the party. He walks her home. Stuff happens. I don't know. Next he get, big he set gets piece. A, he got attacked by tweakers. He got attacked by the, tweakers? On the way home. Yeah. He got attacked by, they, they jumped his truck. Yeah. And beat him up. Yeah. And then, uh, so while that's happening, Whoopi is checking on this clone body that she took to this other guy. And this is um, where I stopped watching. All right. So she finds that the clone was registered to uh, Mr. Hammond. The Umbrella Corporation. Uh, no. What was Dr. The, Hammond? Dr. Kane? Dr. Kane. So the clones registered to Dr. Kane, but it's like off the grid. And... <laughs> I did see that part. They're like, look at this tiny insignificant thing that nobody would notice on a normal human being. And the, her, the entire uh, fingernail was a His giant logo. logo. <laughs> Like uh, was it in uh, in Blade Runner? They like they have to like look under their eyelid and like special light, and there's like a little tiny serial number. But in this, they just put their they just paint a logo on their fingernail. Yeah, it, was, it looked like a sticker from Lisa Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and then they and then Theodore anyway. Then they meet back at the um, police office the next day. It's the first time we've ever been to the police office. The commissioner is all like, just hey. like, oh, was there like a, just a row of FedEx trucks in front of it? <laughs> yes. So Theodore's at the front office and he's like, hey, you gotta give me a new car. My car blew up. And he's like being assertive and he's like aggressive. And it's like, he's like, yeah, I need a new car. I, can't, I gotta have a car. And the guy's like, your car was paid for by the taxpayers and you wrecked it. And, and all the <coughs> cops and all the cops are standing around in a circle and they're like, what kind of cop gets jumped while he's driving his cop car? Oh, nobody respects you. You're dumb. And then Whoopi Goldberg comes in and she's like, shut up. I'm a robot. <laughs> and, and then uh, they're like, okay, here's the keys to your new car. And then they go upstairs. The commissioner's like, I need this solved. You're supposed to have this solved. Solve it right now. <laughs> You've had four hours to solve it. It's pretty important that it is solved before the news the next day. 
I don't I don't know why. I guess he was up for re-election or something. And and, and the numbers. and the vote was the next day. So he needed it done by prime time. He kept saying have it done by prime time. And um, yeah, and then so then Theodore uh, Whoopi goes off and like gets her circuits adjusted. Well, uh, Theodore goes into this room. And he's like, oh, I need to look like a cop. I'm going undercover. I need to look like an undercover cop. And there's just this perfectly nice Midwestern woman sitting at a giant computer console, all of Star Trek. And he goes up on the hollow deck, and she just starts typing at a keyboard, and he, his outfit just changes. And it's like a goofy slapstick scene. And he's like wearing Roman gladiator clothes. Oh, my gosh. And, and then Whoopi Goldberg's like, no, he makes it look real. Take it seriously. And... And then he just like then that's when he gets the red jacket that he's wearing on the cover of the of the movie, and it looks stupid. Um, and then they go to leave. <laughs> Good synopsis. <laughs> and it looks stupid. It does. It looks no more copish than what well, he had he was, on before. Exactly. But he was beat up. His clothes were torn up, uh, so he needed new clothes. And then uh, they go outside and get in the new car, and a, a box truck drives away that they were trying to like unlock, and then they reveals a garbage truck. <laughs> they like, were, and they're like, "What is this brand new type of a, truck that a, we have never seen before?" It's just a 20th century garbage truck. And Theodore's like, "I can't get in this thing." And Whoopi's like, "Oh, you gotta get in the back." And he goes in the back, and there's like garbage in the back, and he's like, "Oh, don't turn on like a packer. Oh, it smells bad in here. Ha ha. This is a this movie's for kids. At least <laughs> at this part. And then there's you know how garbage trucks have that large cutout hole between the garbage holding section and another hole cut out in the um, cab, so a dinosaur can stick its head through. Yeah, that's what they are in for like another twenty minutes of the movie. Uh, <laughs> that is what they operate in. Their, uh, their vehicle budget was not not very big in this movie. And by this point in time, they figured out that Kane has something to do with it. And they go to Mr. Kane's office and they're like, hey, this clone was weird. And they did the same thing as the <laughs> as the uh, as the nightclub scene. Big long scene getting to the there. They gotta go through security. They show him go through security. His doctor. We didn't mention the doctor. Also in the bad guy camp is like um, a sexy Barovian woman. Oh yeah. Wait, not Bar- Barovia is a made up country. Barovia. Yeah, she's from the island of Barovia. She's like a sexy Eastern European woman. Yeah. That's. Barovia from Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, I have an accent and I am good at science. And uh, look how black my hair is. (laughs) And uh, she's like, get out of here. And then they're like, oh, no, we got to talk to Dr. Kane. And then Dr. Kane like, like, oh, I'm so good to see you, Teddy. Oh, yes. All right. Nope, not me. Wish I could help you further. And then it goes back and forth, kind of like the kid when Whoopi Goldberg was getting the van. They're just like, are you sure there's nothing you can do for us? He's like, I wish I could. They're like, do you have any clues? He's like, I do not. And they're like, what could possibly have this clone be linked to you? He's like, I don't know. It's just weird. I have nothing I can do. And they're like, okay, we'll leave now. Oh, my God. That's that scene. And then they go <laughs> uh, to the to the toy maker. Okay. And the toy, and they they find out. I forget how they find out, but some they, they take the little bit of butterfly they have, 
and they're like, "Who? Where did this come from?" And they take it to some guy, and the guy's like, "I would ask the toy maker." And they go to the toy maker, and I fell asleep. <laughs> this sounds like it was lifted directly out of Blade Runner. It's very Blade Runner esque. They really wanted it to be a sci fi noir, but also a goofy kids movie. It's just dinosaurs instead of robots, but also there's robots and it has to be PG. I don't know. It's... Okay, so then I wake up and the... <laughs> there is a man, maybe he's Japanese ish, I don't know, um, tied to a table. He's upside down. They're in like a warehouse. Because most of this movie takes place in a warehouse because it's just a soundstage with some clutter. Um, and he's like upside down, kind of, and like there was clearly a fight. And I don't know what happened. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? That's the guy who says go to the toy maker. That's okay. the guy. So that's just, that guy says, another wasted scene, it sounds like. <laughs> so that's the guy who says go to the toy maker. And then they go to the toy maker. And then I fell asleep again. And... <laughs> Then they are, then I wake up and clearly things have happened, but I paused the TV and it's like, oh, only like 10 minutes has passed. And now they're going back to, for the final confrontation against the bad guy. And it has, they have. So the toy maker told them probably that Kane had hired him to make this butterfly bomb. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But they, they go to Kane. They, they, they're on their way to Kane and they're, now there's a ticking clock. They're like, oh, there's only 12 minutes before this bomb goes off, starts. Did did they ever explain why um, the murder weapon had to be a butterfly? No. Why the toy maker did have other little animals. He did have like other little bugs he put bombs in. I did see that. Uh, okay. Vaguely. Um, also, when the in a scene with just the bad guys, they kill the COO. They kill that guy. <laughs> The COO. <laughs> they killed him. You know the guy we didn't know who's who yeah. the police chief earlier. The police chief. They, they killed the him. Homie. His his. Uh, uh, they killed his him. Friend. Uh, with freezing technology. So there's some exposition, and the bad guys have this exposition bit about how there's these fish that get frozen every winter, and then they thaw out in the spring, and they can stay frozen for hundreds of years, and then thaw out and be just fine. And uh, Mr. Kane has like harnessed this enzyme. That's the word they use. And anybody he has given this enzyme to will be frozen during the next ice age, but eventually thaw out just fine. And um, so just him and his lover slash doctor has taken this enzyme. And he, he, the whole rest of the world's going to die. And he's like given this to all his animals on the ark. And... Um, Anyway, so now the timer starts. They got like 12 minutes, some arbitrary amount of time, I don't remember, until the bomb's going to go off and start the Ice Age. And so they go in. Um, they There's some heroics. Very briefly, they confront Kane. Um, and uh, the little boy and the the girl dinosaur, Molly, Di Molly Rex. Molly Rex actually sounds like a really cool punk band. Um, or like an EDM guy. Can I, can I, I just thought of something. Um, the lady who did nothing at, at the natural history museum, she introduced herself as a dinosaurologist. <laughs> <laughs> she, that she did. That, that she did. 
Uh, sorry, that just came to my memory. <laughs> so the, they got the so here's the setup, right? They got Molly Rux and the little boy. Oh, did you see the, the scene where she goes? Nope. Okay, where she goes there, to? Did she go to the birthday party? She goes to the birthday party. No, she goes to the birthday par- party late. Late, but the little boy had been kidnapped by the tweakers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how they how did they kidnap him? Do you think? Did you guess? They brought a prop arcade game. Okay. Had it played arcade music. And he and it was just like sitting by a water fountain. And he was like, oh, here's a random arcade game in the middle of a skate park. A future skate park that is in a junkyard with piles of cars everywhere. That set was actually kind of cool. And um, Sounds like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, no, it wasn't a skate. It wasn't. Um, skateboard skate park. It was rollerblade hockey skate park. Oh, okay. oh, oh! And there's <laughs> the Theodore is like, oh, I want to play. And they're like, oh man, are you any good? And he's like, yeah, give me three balls. And he puts them on the ground and hits them with his tail, and they all go in the net. <laughs> and there, and then everybody goes in a circle. Start, and I'm talking everybody. I'm talking 60 11 year olds on rollerblades. <laughs> They all have face paint. They're like something between the Lost Boys from Hook and like Mad Max. And they're in a junkyard on a court, like a roller hockey court. It's going in a circle chanting, Theo, door, Theo, door. Uh, and that was just happening. And that's his birthday party. Yes, this is the little <laughs> okay. kid's birthday party. And then the little kid, he has to go to the bathroom and he sees this. It's established he's going to the bathroom. And he sees the arcade machine. He goes up to it to play it. And turns out the screen was just paper, and the tweakers <laughs> jump through it and pull him in. And then they keep him there because then, like 20 minutes later, you're in the castle of the bad guy, and they wheel in a dolly. And on the dolly is the arcade game, and they pull the boy back through. And then the main tweaker with the cyborg guy comes out too. He was just like in the arcade cabinet, holding him, <laughs> holding him for the whole transportation. <laughs> Oh, they couldn't have just waited in the bathroom for him or something. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know why the tweakers had so much foresight to bring an arcade game. Um, uh, so here's the setup: the the sweet little boy Molly Rex are in a, the dungeon, and uh, the bomb's about to go off. And there's the they do some heroics. Why did they in. kidnap him? Leverage. Because okay. they, they thought... They thought they were getting close to him? Yeah, to, they thought they were getting too close. That's why they killed the COO guy, because he, his idea wasn't working. And they froze him. And that was actually some pretty competent special effects. And the, the special effects, it was practical special effects to, that made him look like his ice. Mm-hmm. It, caught, like, it cost $43 million. I was, like, <laughs> I, actually, I was like, actually, hey, that, that actually looked pretty good. It was like makeup or whatever, that looked pretty dope. Um, and then so they, uh, she gets shot. They're they're going. They're getting shot at. And um, Theodore, this whole movie, we haven't established this in our conversation. He's a pacifist. He doesn't carry a gun. He doesn't want to fight. He's working on being a vegetarian. He do, he believes in using his brains over guns. Was that established very well in the movie? No, it wasn't. But it's important in this scene that I'm about to describe. So. Um, she gets shot. Um, Katie Coltrane, Whoopi Goldberg gets shot like 
14 times, like Scarface level shot. <laughs> and she's like reeling back. And as the bullets are hitting her, it's like sparks flying out because she's a cyborg. And that, that actually kind of looks cool. And she like falls against the wall. And then Theodore um, swings from the, um, from the, uh, the trellis, not the trellis, that's not the right word, um, from the balcony. He swings from the balcony and just kicks four guys at once. Boom, problem solved. Um, and then he goes over to Katie and she's like, clearly in this position, I wanted to show you, but I want to describe it for our listeners. She's holding her gun up to her chest. She's stiff as if she cannot move robotically. She is like frozen. She is just leaning up against this wall, done. And then only moving her mouth and not even her eyes as she talks to Theodore. But then for the over the shoulder shot, when they're like going over her shoulder, but like shooting Theodore Rex, she's moving all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) And and she's holding the gun down by her belly. (laughs) And and this back and forth happens, this whole big emotional (laughs) monologue. And and she's and he's like, "Give me your gun. I'll go kill him. I'll th- I'll do it." And she's like, "Don't you haven't used a gun yet? Don't use a gun now. You gotta use something bigger. You gotta use something better. Your heart. Use your brains." Oh, okay. T Rex is uh, famously have tiny brains, <laughs> and this one's no exception. <laughs> um, and then uh, he goes, and so uh, he um, the bad guy has like now left the building. Uh, but the the kid and Molly Rex are in the dungeon, and he's trying to just randomly hit codes. It's just a nine, just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He press the buttons to get in, and he's just like guessing, and he can't do it. And then he turns around, and his tail slaps it, and it's the right code. <laughs> it opens uh, all those tail slapping. All those tail jokes slap jokes pay off. pay off. All the tail slapping jokes pay off. Um, and then. Uh, he runs outside, and um, the it's like a mountain or a hill going down below the castle, and the and the bad guys are in a jeep, and they're driving away, and he can't run after them, but he like grabs. Apparently, he's got super strength. This has not been established in the rest of the movie, but he grabs an iron bar off the fence, bends it into a grappling hook, happens to have like fifty foot of rope. <laughs> And then as the car's coming back down the cliff in front of him, he, he swings the grappling hook and perfectly nails it just in the back of the seat of the main bad guy. Throws the rope over a tree to use as a pulley and pulls him so hard the seat comes disconnected <laughs> from the Jeep up, out, and pulls him up in the air. And it's like basically like, hey, you're going to jail. And then the... the the tweaker guy driving the Jeep goes ah, and goes off the road and runs into the ricketiest old <laughs> little wooden billboard. Like, it's, and it massive fireball, <laughs> huge 75 foot tall mushroom cloud fireball. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And then, and then they're at the, and then at the end of it, they're at a funeral and I don't know whose funeral it was. Wasn't there, I, I a, funeral, of, wasn't there I, a funeral for the guy who got murdered? Yeah, they show the funeral for the, the dinosaur that got murdered. They actually made a big deal. He didn't have a funeral. Dinosaurs don't have funerals. They have recyclings. Where they like liquefy them, turn them into green goo, feed it to roses, and everybody takes home a rose. 
Ooh. So they're cannibals. Uh, it was the it was that was what they happened. But anyway, somebody else was at this funeral and I don't know or no wait no it wasn't a funeral. It looked like it was in a graveyard. It was outside. It had the trappings of a funeral, but it was a ceremony to make. Uh, and I was very confused while watching this, too. I was like, why are they making Theodore a detective at a funeral? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this isn't a funeral. It's just it's a promotion it's ceremony in a field with a bunch of people dressed in black. And I don't know. And yeah. And so they and he's his arm is like in a bandage because he got hurt. And um, Katie's back there. She's been reprogrammed. She's fine. And this weird bit of little CGI where the Maldi Rex was there, but it was not a robot. It was like, you know, when they superimpose cartoons into real life? <laughs> like they forgot to shoot her in the shot and then wouldn't put her back later? I think it was just that sh- the huge costume wouldn't fit in a row of chairs. <laughs> Just in a row of folding chairs. <laughs> but anyway, she was pretty happy, and Theodore became a real detective, and uh, the commissioner. Got well, he solved detective. a murder and saved the world on his first case, so and then he like, deserved Dreams it. can be true, dreams can't come true. That's what. Yeah. Wow. What a steaming pile of excrement this movie <laughs> was. Um, I guarantee you, telling me about it was better than the movie. Yeah, and and, it, and it, was, it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how at the very end, the tail slap bit paid off. I was like, well done. They had been setting it up. Well done. It's like that was their only uh, objective. It's like, what by making we, this whole movie, it was just like, we got to get those tail slaps in there. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. What if we do this crazy movie where a clumsy dancer is tail slapping people all day long, and then in the end he saves the day with the tail slap? All right, we can work with that. Let's, let's build a story around that. Yeah. Um, what a goofy movie. This the was. goofy movie was way better. The goofy movie was pretty good, actually. Oh, we should do the goofy movie next. Millennials love that goofy movie nostalgia. Yeah. Do they? Oh, yeah. I see it on Instagram all the time. I love the goofy movie. I like the goofy movie. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's a good uh, father-son story. I have a son. Yeah, you do? Yeah. The goofy movie will make me cry. The part where he heats up the can of beans with the car lighter. Man, I haven't seen the goofy movie in a very long time, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's a good scene. Um, We'll talk about it next time. On Saturday morning dance. Just kidding. This is not the end of the podcast. Well, how many how many um, T Rex tails do you rate this? One. I rate it zero. Oh, what's the minimum amount I can rate it? Zero. I rate it zero. Um, I will never watch or think about this movie again. <laughs> I will think about it all the time. I will it actually will think about it. I'm going to go talk to my wife about it because she's seen it. M- more than one time. She chose be, to watch it more than one time. I will be thinking about this movie for decades. This I don't movie, know. I don't know about that. I might buy it on DVD just to make sure I always have a copy of it. It was hard to find. We had to find it on YouTube. It was free. It was just free. It was, it was a really bootleg, bootleg copy. Nobody in the world cares um, if this movie is out there for free. If you want to buy a, v, a DVD copy, it's $42. Is it? You have to import it? Probably. Well, this episode's pretty long. 
Yeah, it was hard to. It was a hard movie to recount. Uh, I love half watching of it. these bad movies, man. These are my favorite ones to do. But I think next time we have yeah. to do a good movie. I apologize for not finishing the movie. You, you, no, you don't have to be sorry at all. It was not required viewing. I uh, I intended to finish it at lunch today, but then I just I have, didn't want to. I understand. <laughs> I was sitting in my car watching on my phone, eating a quesadilla. Well, which quesadilla did you go with? Just the Plano. Oh, the Plano? The Plano quesadilla. Did you go steak or chicken? Chicken. Okay, that's good. Um, so, and that was enjoyable, but as soon as I finished my quesadilla, I, was, I ate a cookie, and then I was like, I'm not going to watch this. This is sad. <laughs> this is sad, sad, sad. <laughs> Have you tried the fluffy yet? <clears throat> no. That one's good. You What's in fluffy. it? Marshmallows? Uh, no, french fries. Oh. It's like steak with sauce and french fries. I might uh, get one right after this. Oh, I'm going to go pick my kids up. Who are you going to wear on a t-shirt, though? Oh man, how I would hate to have you seen with okay the tweakers, but uh, only at the beginning when they're on the motorized skateboards. I was gonna say uh, the main tweaker who can talk, head tweaker, head tweaker, tweaker number one. Yeah, yeah. I liked I like the background tweakers because they had the long dreadlocks. That those were cool. Or like um, one of those rollerblading hockey players with the painted face. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, just a random 11-year-old. <laughs> yeah, blurry picture on a t-shirt. Like a post-apocalyptic roller skating rink, rollerblading rink. I would like um, I would like to hear what went wrong episode about this movie, actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> There's probably not enough research on Every it. Every time I'm done <laughs> with this podcast, I'm like, man, I wish... What went wrong did this instead of us? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so much better. <laughs> We'd actually learn something. But you know what? What if they listen to our podcast and we're like, man, these guys are... Yeah, these guys don't know anything about movies and just, they're just... Just two chill dudes. Yeah, they can watch a movie without uh, having to analyze it. Or even finish it. <laughs> or, you, know, you, you barely even made it out of the second act. <laughs> or into the second act. Yeah, I missed a lot. I I, uh, I would say I'm going to go back and rewatch that um, that birthday party hockey junkyard scene. So were there any adults there? Or it was just like a bunch of 11-year-olds? Just, just random children of the street playing roller hockey. All right, so... Um, Man, what a and his dad was not there as as it was as promised as promised. His his dad must have like not been very good looking. His dad was always working, man. Always working, I guess. Um, except for when he made his kid work. Um. All right, let's never speak of this movie again. I think we're going to speak about this movie for years to come. All right, Chris, would you like to take us out on our famous catchphrase? Sure. Theodore Rex was part of our complete breakfast. More like Theodore Wrecked. Oh, more like uh, Jurassic Dork. <laughs> <laughs>